0: take your bibles turn to hebrews chapter one hebrews chapter one i'm excited if you missed last wednesday night i'm gonna encapsulate it in about three or four sentences and then i'm gonna jump right into tonight let me start by saying this and uh if you miss these next couple statements you're gonna miss more about the bible than you ever thought you 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 could There is a difference between Hebrew and Jewish. Hebrew is a race. It is a nation of people. Jewish is a religion. God promised to bless the Hebrews, not the Jews. See, God promised to bless the nation, and I, I went through all this last week. God promised to make Abraham a nation, not a religion. And we show we, we see all the way through scripture how that the word Hebrew is used. Matter of fact, the word Jew or Jewish is never mentioned in the book of Hebrews. So you have to understand something. The difference that's like saying an American, but not all Americans are Baptists. Uh, you see, there's a difference between the nation and the religion. And there is a vast difference between a Hebrew and a Jew. It was the Jews that killed Jesus, not not just the Hebrews. Now, uh, all that being said, tonight we're going to talk about the government for the Hebrews. And I'm going to show you how, if you'll listen to me, from Genesis through the New Testament, you're going to see the whole thing come together like you never saw before. And I think uh, all the way through the book of Revelation, you'll understand a whole lot more about what this is all about. Take your Bible, Hebrews chapter 1, look at verse number 4. This is in reference to Jesus being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth his firstborn into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Watch this. But thou, but I'm sorry, but unto the son, he saith, thy throne. Notice the word throne. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom now a scepter is like a, a stick the best way I you know how to say it. you all know what that means all right so notice god's talking about the throne of god the throne of jesus and the throne for the hebrew nation jesus was not an angel he was much better than the angels. Angels were created beings. And uh, that's why the Jehovah's false witnesses and the Mormons are wrong. Jesus was not an angel. Your babies, if they die, don't go to heaven and become angels. God doesn't change uh, our our forms uh, just like a cat doesn't have babies that are puppies. Amen. Cats don't have cows. And two bulls don't have cows either. Uh, But that's another lesson in and of itself that the world hasn't learned. Amen. The alphabet soup can't figure that out. So now I, I want you to understand something. The book of Hebrews is a reminder to the Hebrew race, what God intended for them when he promised Abraham. You see, God promised Abraham in the land of the Ur of the Chaldee, which by the way, is the land of Iraq. He said, I want you to leave there, and I want you to go to a nation and a land that you know not of. When you get there, I'll tell you uh, that you're there. And then I'm going to give that to you, and I'm going to make you a great and mighty nation. That was going to be the land and the nation of Israel as it is today. Now, listen to me very carefully here. One of the things God wanted to be unique for the Hebrew nation was its government. If he's going to start a new government, by the way, he did so so that he could show the bloodline of Jesus from its inception all the way through to the throne of David. And I'm not going back into that, covered that last week. God wanted to lead them himself. He wanted to be the head of the government for the Hebrew people. He wanted to be the leader. So, uh, now listen to this, God wanted the, uh, to be the ruler and the enforcer of the laws. Just as a nation, the government had to be established. You can't have a, a, a nation without rules. In America, we started with the Declaration of Independence, our first, I'll use the word constitution. First, articles of government, we used the Articles of Confederation. We found out very quickly those will not work for a, for a big nation. Uh, it was George Washington that said it takes a wagon load of money to buy a wagon load of food. Because under the Articles of Confederation, America almost starved to death and almost ceased to be a nation. 13 years later, we, or, uh, 1776, 1789, I'm sorry, yes, 13 years later, we finally came up with the Constitution of the United States. In those 13 years, we almost went under. But well, we came up with the Constitution of the United States, and those are our official documents. Those are the laws of the land. And there has to be a a set of laws by which we all run. By the way, Congress would be very good to go back to those and start enforcing those and quit making new ones. Uh, Now, uh, no nation is perfect in its government because it involves sinners. Did you know sinners sin? (gasps) I know that's a shock. But they do. And as long, God told the Hebrew people, as long as the people followed God, it was going to be as good as it gets for sinful people. He would make it as good as possible. Here's the problem. Hence, where we are in America today. Sinners tend to want to be their own God. Sinners tend to want Others to be their God. So they allow, after a period of time, they allow government to become God. We now have people who are ruling in governments at every level that think they're God. And you can take it to the county level, the state level, the federal level, whatever level you want to go to, including dogcatcher, probably. Uh, it it does not matter. You see, sinful man wants power. Sinful man wants prestige and fame. But God's plan is still the best plan. Now I want you to notice something. This was the government that he wanted for the, the Hebrew people, not the whole world. It was to be a very unique nation. And God was to be the ruler of that nation. Here's the, here's the statement I want you to get. Man's problem is we want it our way over God's way. And the Hebrews were no different. They wanted it their way, not God's way. God wanted to lead the Hebrew nation, and one day he would have Jesus come and sit on the throne and be the ruler. That's called the millennial reign of Jesus when we come back to rule and reign with him. Now, very important, God never intended for man to use the government as religion. By the way, our new Speaker of the House, I have to say something, Mike Johnson, I like that man. Hope he runs for president, I'd vote for him. He just stood up today and made a speech and said that there is nothing in the Constitution about the separation of church and state was a letter written by jefferson and it was intended to be for the government not to establish a, a a religion and to stay out of the church's business boy did he say it strong he even prayed the day he was elected as uh, speaker of the house and everybody's up in arms oh there needs to be separation of church and state and he said our forefathers said we need god We don't need the government telling the church what to do, but the government needs God. It wasn't separation of God and state. It was separation of the government not telling the church what to do. Boy, I love what the man said. Read it. You'll enjoy it. Amen. That was for free. This message is brought to you by. Anyway, uh, now our forefathers understood this. When we put the clauses in there about that the government should not establish a state religion. Now, God's government for the Hebrew nation was to be a theocracy, not a religion. God as the leader. But letting the man of God lead with God leading him. Now, let me give you the, and I'm going to call it the digression... Some would call it a progression. I call it a digression because it started the way God wanted and man kept messing it up all the way through. Now, here's how it works. It, maybe you could understand it. You have what we call the patriarchs. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That you had the, the three forefathers. And then also we'll throw Joseph in there because it's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And under Joseph... Jacob came to Egypt during the famine and brought the Israel Hebrew people there and they stayed there for almost 450, 500 years till Moses led them out of captivity. So you had the patriarchs. God spoke directly to the patriarch, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you read in the book of Genesis about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you find out that God spoke to all of them. And he said, this is what I want you to do for your family, your people, the, the Hebrew people. This was, and God spoke directly to them and instructed them how to lead the, the, the nation as it grew. Well, under... Uh, the years in Egypt, they got away from God. God raised up a prophet, his man, and his name was Moses. Moses was a prophet. So uh, then you have a man of God going to God. God speaks to the man of God, and the man of God goes to the people and said, This is what God said, and we're going to do what God said. So you had Moses, and then you had Joshua, and the elders that outlived Joshua. Now watch this. That takes you from Exodus all the way through Deuteronomy in the book of Joshua. Then you have Judges. They no longer wanted a man of God, so God had to raise up Judges. And you have all through the book of Judges, you have many different judges mentioned all the way through Gideon and Barak and others all the way through. Then watch this. That's during the time of Ruth. Then in first Samuel, they wanted a king. So you went from patriarch to prophet to judges to a king. That's why God was so upset about choosing a king because he wanted to be the leader, not a king. They said, well, we want to be like all the other nations. We shouldn't want to be like any other nation. Amen. Everybody doing okay? Yes, sir. So that is the digression of, of government of the Hebrew people. Now, I want you to notice something. It was... During the time of the judges that they went back to idolatry. And during the times of the kings they were following idols. And that is when, listen to me, part of the government became religion. You see the tabernacle under Moses was government, not religion. It was to show the coming Prince of Peace, the Savior, the King of the universe. It was all about pointing to Jesus who would one day sit on the throne, but he had to be the Lamb of God before he could be the King of the world. It was all about government, not religion. But under the judges, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, we're going to jump into this. I think I can help you. Number one, first you had the patriarchs. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 1. Everybody just see your Bible come together in a whole different light? I'm watching some of you go... Wow. Never heard that before. <laughs> Matthew chapter one. I want you to, to notice, and I'm not going to read through all of this. You say, why? Because you try to pronounce all those names. All right. But, uh, I want you to notice something here. The book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of who? Abraham. Now look at me it goes all the way back to Abraham. Correct? Why? Because that's the Hebrew nation. Doesn't go back to Adam. This is showing the history of the Hebrew people. And I want you to notice the names mentioned. Abraham and David, correct? Okay. So you had Abraham, the patriarchs, all the way through, uh, then you have David with the kings and the kingly line, Now watch this. Then we get to Jesus. This is the genealogy of Jesus. From Abraham through David to Jesus. Skip down to verse number 16. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom was born Jesus, called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David unto the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ were 14 generations. So you have that time in between there where the religion and government are combined in Judaism in flames. Now, you have to understand something. You have Abraham... Isaac, his son, and Jacob, Abraham's grandson. By the way, it was Jacob whose name was changed to Israel. He said, thou shalt no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. That is exactly who the land of Israel is named after, is the grandson of Abraham. Now, God spoke directly to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob he talked verbally to them he also did some speaking to them through dreams and visions remember Joseph in his dreams that he had about his brothers and Abraham saw things and uh, not in a weird way not ghosts and things like that but God would speak to them that way that's why back in Hebrews chapter 1 look at verse number 1 God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past. He said, I spoke to people in many different ways. Under Moses, he spoke to him verbally. Under, and, and I'll get into that in a moment, but he also took his finger and wrote in the tables of stone, uh, the, not only the ten commandments, but personally, I believe a whole lot more than that, and we'll get into that later. But it wasn't just ten statements written on a table of stone. It was the layout of the entire, uh, tabernacle. It was the whole government laid out on two tables of stone. Written with the finger of God. Hmm. That's different. Now, God spoke directly to them. By the way, under Joseph, who is the son of Jacob, that is when Joseph was sold by his brethren into bondage, ended up in Egypt, ended up rising to power, being the second most powerful in the land of Egypt. And when the famine came, Jacob's sons came to buy corn for their father and and Joseph were, was there, helped them. They came back, bought more. And he said, I want to talk to your, your daddy. Bring him here. Bring his whole family. And then showed himself to his brothers. And they moved there and Joseph protected the nation of Israel in Egypt. By the way, <laughs> if you study geography about where they were, they were just outside of a land called Gaza. They were just south and west of the Gaza Strip. Everybody doing okay? Isn't it amazing? Now, when God had to lead them out, they went up into Egypt. They went south. Oh, that was the Reed Sea. It wasn't the Red Sea. Some theologians got his head stuck somewhere in the sand pile somewhere, pounding it. The miracle of the crossing of the Red Sea in ankle deep water is an entire army drowned. I, well, I know a theolo- well I know a lot of theologians, and they couldn't preach their way out of a wet paper bag. And, the, and I got more sense about the Bible in that little finger, and they got in their whole head because I just happened to believe what God said, God meant. Now. We won't go into that right now. I'm trying to be nice. Number two. So you have the patriarchs. Number next, God led Israel through the prophets. Turn to Deuteronomy 34. We're going to look at a couple passages here. Deuteronomy 34, that's about the next to last or last chapter. It's the last chapter of Deuteronomy. Look at chapter 34, verse number 10. Deuteronomy 34:10 And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses whom the Lord knew face to face Now I want you to know something God calls Moses a prophet If you went into Joshua chapter 1, we won't do it right now. But if you go to Joshua chapter 1, Joseph begins by saying, and it talks about now after the death of Moses, Joseph or Joshua comes to all the people and says, as God commanded Moses, this is what we're going to do. We're not changing orders from headquarters. We're going to keep on doing what God told Moses. Because what he told Moses is what still needs done today. Go to Exodus chapter 19. Go back to Exodus chapter 19. Under Moses, let me show you what God said about the government of the Hebrew people here in in this time. Exodus chapter 19, look at verse number 3. Exodus 19, verse number 3. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying... Thus shalt thou say to the house of who? Huh? And tell the children of? So that's a nation, correct? Is that a religion? No. No. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. This is after the ten plagues. And how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, And keep my what? Covenant. Covenant. That is a legal document. That is a, like we would use the word constitution. Keep my laws, my covenant. Then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the what? People. People. Did he say all the religions? He said all the people. For all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Doesn't sound to me like God was making a religion, but more like he was making a country, doesn't it, to you? Now, I'm just taking the word of God and showing you what God said. We've used the word Hebrew and Jew interchangeably to the point where people don't understand there's a difference. And God did not make a religion. He made a country of the Hebrew people. God directly spoke to Moses. Go to Joshua chapter 1. We were in Deuteronomy. Go to Joshua chapter 1. Look at verse number 1. Now, after the death of Moses, verse number one, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto whom? Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying. Now, will everybody look at me? That sounds like God was verbally speaking, doesn't it, to you? All right. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of... Does he say the Jews, children of Israel? Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, me. he goes down through all this this land. Now look at verse number eight, this book of the law. Uh oh, the law. Does that sound like religion? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate there in day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. uh, Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. In other words, if we'll just follow what God said, he'll take care of the nation, correct? God spoke directly to them. By the way. Do you know why God spoke to the man of God instead of the people of God? I'll show you why. Go back to Exodus chapter 18. He had to speak just to the man of God because the people of God did not want to talk to God. Exodus chapter 18. Look at verse number 13. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood by Moses from the morning until the evening. Now notice, this is when Moses' father-in-law comes in and says, Look, you take too much upon you. You're judging the people. You're making all the decisions when people can't do this, and you need to break it up. And he goes all the way through about uh, the law and how it's going to wear him down all the way through verse number 20. Now go to chapter 20. Verse number 18. Chapter 20, you have the Ten Commandments. There's more to the law than the Ten Commandments. But I want you to notice in verse number 18 And all the people saw the thunderings, and the lightnings, and the noise of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. (laughs) Wouldn't you? and they lay and they said unto Moses speak thou with us and we will hear but let not god speak with us lest we die and Moses said unto the people fear not for god has come to prove you that he may uh, that, that his fear may be before your faces that ye sin not And the people stood afar off and Moses drew near into the thick darkness where God was. And The Lord said unto Moses, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, you have seen that I have uh, talked with you from heaven. Now look at me. They didn't want to talk to God. So God said, okay, I'll talk with you, Moses, and then you go tell them what I said. And they'll know that you've been in my presence. You know, there's a difference in a man of God that's been in the presence of God than one that's up there to just show off. You see, the people did not want to speak to God. So he had to choose a man of God to speak to, to speak to the people. By the way, it was still not religion. It was government. It was the leading of the people. It was how people get along with people. Government is there to protect ourselves from ourselves. We're to protect our person, or our property, and our freedoms, our rights. That's what government is for. Those are the three purposes of government. Protect your person, to protect your property, and to protect your rights. That is the only three purposes of government. Everybody doing okay? Now, uh, number three, so we had the patriarchs. You had God led Israel through the prophets. Then you have the judges. Turn to Judges chapter 2 while I'm talking. This is the book of Judges and the book of Ruth. And God was still leading the government, but he had to lead judges who were willing to listen to God to rule the people. Look at Judges chapter 2, verse number 7. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua... And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works which the Lord did for Israel. Skip down to verse number 10. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there rose another generation after them which knew not the Lord. Nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Sounds like our country. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And served Balaam, that's a false god. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, the gods of the people that were round about unto them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was kindled, uh, was hot against Israel. And he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about. So they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. As the Lord had said and as the Lord had sworn unto them. And they were greatly distressed. By the way, that's why there are Hebrew people all around the world today still. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. Huh. God always takes care of the remnant of his people. And yet, they would not hearken unto the judges, but they went whoring after other gods, bowed themselves unto them, and turned quickly out of the way which their fathers had walked in obeying of the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. Notice it's not talking about religion, other than them chasing false religion. Now, uh, go to Judges 21. Last chapter, Judges 21. I'm sorry, yep. Judges 21, look at verse number 21. Um, Does that sound right? Look at verse uh, 22. And it shall be when their fathers or their between their brethren come unto us to complain that we will say unto them, Be favorable unto them for our sakes, because we reserve not to each man his wife the war, children of Benjamin. Verse 25. And in those days there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's where we're at in America today. If I think it's right, then it's right. Don't judge me because you don't think I'm right. I want to slap somebody upside the head next time I hear that. Don't judge me. Watch me. It is here that the the Hebrew people again make religion of government. Number four. I've got to hurry because the end is the cherry on top that I want to get to. Amen? Then Israel wanted a king. They went from patriarch to prophet, from prophet to judges. And now they want a king. We want to be like everybody else. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. I hope I'm not boring you tonight, but I think this is interesting enough for you to learn. 1 Samuel chapter 8. Some of you are going to sleep no matter what, so it doesn't matter. Look at verse number 5. 1 Samuel 8, 5. And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. It's speaking of Samuel. And now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Notice it's not talking about a religion. It's talking about a a nation, correct? But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. The Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people. in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Notice those words. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of where, Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, and do also, uh, do do they also unto thee? Now therefore hearken unto their voice. Howbeit, yet protest solemnly unto them and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. And Samuel told all the world uh, words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king. And he said, "This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He shall take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. In other words, an army. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties. He will set them in their, uh, set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make instruments of war and instruments of chariots. Government work." And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries—that's bakers and cooks and things—to and be cooks and to be bakers. And he will take your take your fields and your vineyards and your oliveyards and put solar panels. I mean, uh, even the best of them, and give them unto his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed. Would to God we only had to give the government ten percent. And of your vineyards and give to, to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to work. And he will take the tenth of your sheep and shall, uh, and ye shall be his servants. And we'll go all the way down through verse 22, but we don't have time. But I want you to know something. God said, I'll do this, but I want you to realize there is a price to pay. That price to pay is, I'm not any longer going to lead, and there's going to be a man leading, and he's going to take your families, he's going to take your money, he's going to take your land, he's going to take your kids, and you're going to have to use the people then to run the government. I'm not going to be there to do it. He said, it's going to be a high price to pay. Don't complain to me when the government goes against you. That's what he said. Now, God did not want them to have a king. He wanted them to have him as their king. That's why in Matthew chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, we read it earlier. Notice it goes from Abraham to David and David to Jesus. You went from the patriarchs to the judges to the kings, to the king of kings. Now, that's why Isaiah 9, 6 is in the Bible. Take your Bible, turn to Isaiah 9, 6. We're almost done, I promise you. But I'm about to shout, because I'm I'm to the part where I wanted to get to all night. I knew the end before the beginning, amen? Uh, Watch Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. For unto us a, what? Child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the, what? Oh, notice that word. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his what? Does it say religion? Government. And peace shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom... To order it and to establish it with judgment, with justice, from henceforth even forevermore. By the way, if you notice that statement in Isaiah 9-7, it goes right along with the preamble of the Constitution of the United States of America. Almost word for word. I wonder where our forefathers got it. Now, I want you to notice something. Jesus came... <laughs> to establish the Hebrew nation and to save the Hebrew nation, not the Jewish religion. Now, I'm going to make a statement, a very bold one, unashamedly. I have no fear in making this statement. I don't care if it hair lips every dog in town. This is why the Jews disregarded Jesus As a religion. They were looking. For a king. But they needed a savior before they could have their king. They were looking for him in Bethlehem's manger to be the king of kings. But he came to be the lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world before he established his kingdom. And they rejected Jesus as the Messiah, because they only want to accept him as king, they don't want to accept him as savior, and that's due to the idolatry, and worshiping government, as religion, they want their government to be their religion, did you know there are a lot of decent Hebrew people that are not Jews, None here tonight. No, I'm teasing. Uh, <laughs> i got a couple here tonight. They're Hebrews, but they're not Jews. They have a Hebrew background, but they're not Jewish by religion. See, they looked for a political leader, a king. They would not accept him as the Lamb of God, nor the high priest, because they were steeped in false doctrine and false religion. They only wanted a king. That's why they said, hail king of the Jews at Calvary. By the way, it won't be till the millennium that Jesus is the king on earth, sitting in the throne of David on the temple mount in the very spot where the kingdom was. By the way, it was established before David. It was established with Abraham. Now, it was under the kings that religion took over the temple. And God intended it to be government, not religion. This is why the Jews killed Jesus as a religion and as a government together. By the way, the Hebrews are still God's chosen people. The Jewish religion is not. The Hebrew people are. The Jewish religion is not. That is why it's dangerous. It's wrong. It's unscriptural. And it goes against the principles of being wrong on the doctrine of Jesus. You're wrong on everything. To lay Judaism down with Christianity and see how they go together. They don't. They're they're contrary. Now we read in Hebrews chapter one verse number eight I'm about to shout. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God is forever and ever. And a what? Scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Can I take you back through our Bible study. Remember there was a man back named Moses, a prophet. He, he, Brother Joe. He had to go up against Pharaoh. And he, God said, take your rod and throw it down. And it became a snake. Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing, but Moses' rod ate up theirs. And he said, now grab it by the tail now. Moses is a better man than I. If it had just ate a whole bunch of snakes, brother Jim, but don't think I'm picking that thing up. Amen. He picked it up, and it was a rod. God would talk to Moses and say, "Hey, Moses, what you got in your hand?" He said, "I got a rod." He said, "Wave it over the waters. Watch what'll happen." When they got to the Red Sea, God said, "Moses, take the rod of God in your hand. The rod of God." Did you notice that also the high priest, Aaron, Moses' brother, when they made the tabernacle, they, uh, Aaron had a rod that had budded. And they placed that in the Ark of the Covenant. It was a picture of Jesus and his kingdom. That would be ever eternal, ever growing. One day we'll see that in heaven. You see, one day Jesus is going to sit with his scepter and it will be righteousness. Say, what is his scepter? The word of God. The rod of God. You see, that's what God did for the Hebrew nation. That's how the Bible fits together. From Genesis to Revelation with the Hebrew nation. You just got a lesson in Hebrew world history from the, from the God of the Hebrews. And the book of Hebrews is rich, let me tell you. I think if you'll, as you read your Bible, you'll see all this stuff coming together in a whole different light. You'll understand it a little better. The government of the Hebrew people was to be unique. God wanted to be their leader. They rejected him. They followed idols. They made government. They took the government of the tabernacle, turned it into religion, and began worshiping government. Isn't that why? Do you remember when the high priests came with the captain of the guard? They were their own government. They were using religion and government co entwined. By the way, and I I don't mean this in a critical way, but it's a true statement. That's what the Catholic Church is, it's what the Vatican is. When Constantine established the Catholic Church in 330 AD, in Constant or uh, at the, uh, that wasn't it, the. uh, Council of Nicaea, that's what I thought it was, and then I had a brain hiccup there. At uh, The Council of Nicaea, he said, look, I, I, I lead the people in government, but I—the these religious leaders have more power. I'll just make a state, unified religion. I can be the leader of both. And that's why the Vatican is a city-state to this day. And the Pope has political powers as well as religious power. <laughs> I'm not going there. But... Way I preach. I wouldn't. That would be indecent exposure. Amen. Now, wait a minute. Can I tell you something? Uh, God never intended religion to be government, or government to be religion. But the way He established the Hebrew people was very unique. He wanted to be their leader. And you just found out from Genesis to Revelation exactly what God expected of the Hebrew race. Of people. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. I've gone through a lot of stuff tonight. Maybe we just ought to read the Bible for what the Bible's all about. Dr. Fatbottom and Dr. Messem up, we don't need to read their books, so let's just read what God wrote and we'll be in good shape.